Welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast, brought to you by Balaguer Guitars. Founded in 2014, Balaguer Guitars strives to bring modern aesthetics and options to vintage-inspired designs. Go to balaguerguitars.com for more info. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Fishman, inspired performance technology. Fishman is dedicated to helping musicians of all styles achieve the truest sound possible wherever and whenever they plug in. Go to fishman.com for more info. And now your host, Joel Wanasek. Hey everybody, how you doing? I am Joel Wanasek and you're listening to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast. The hardest hitting, most extreme, exciting, and brutal hour of audio podcast on the internet, anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Well, maybe not, I don't know, but that sounded like a pretty cool intro, so I said it anyways. So this is a solo episode. If this is your first time, hopefully it's your best time, but... If you want to submit questions, it's joel at urm.academy. That is joel at urm.academy. Hit me up with the subject line, Dear Joel, and I will do my best to answer your questions. Go on epic rants and give brutal, ridiculous answers that hopefully not only entertain you, but are somewhat information of, uh, oh, I can't even speak English today, somewhat useful and full of uh, insight. So, not editing that one out. So let's do it. All right. So a couple of things I want to talk about tonight before we get started and get into your questions. I want to talk about Nashville. So I was just in Nashville a couple of weeks ago with Billy Decker. Now it sucks for me because like all my guys, Joey and AL, you know, they get to travel every month and go and hang out and do all this stuff. And you know, I'm a married dude. So like, I got to stay home with my family and like, you know, be a dad and all that crap. And I kind of want to get on the plane and go have fun and hang out and do cool stuff too. But it doesn't get to happen very often. So I finally got to go out last weekend. I went to Nashville and we had an awesome time. We did something really cool there that was really exciting. We've been doing these meetups, right? So people come in from Unstoppable Recording Machine and we've been there's meetups happening all over the world. All the major cities, it's crazy how many places we have where people have physically done a meetup here. And I've been to one and I think uh, maybe AL has been to one and maybe Joey's been to one in person, but uh, we've never all been in the same city at the same time and at the same place. So we had one in Nashville and a whole bunch of people came out and it was insane. Even Billy Decker came out and hung out and it was so cool of him because, you know, Billy's a busy guy and such a badass mixer and just inspirational dude to be around. Absolutely top of the game, top tier, cream of the crop dude, just amazing human being, love him to death. And I'll tell you guys, like Billy came out, we were all there and to see you guys in person and get to interact with you is just absolutely incredible because you know, we sit here, we do this every month, we get on the mic, we talk about audio and nerd stuff and we hang out and have a good time. And, uh, you know, we see all the stuff going on, the Unstoppable Recording Machine Private Producers chats and the Private Producers Club on Facebook. And, you know, we're interacting, we see your stories and it's really inspiring and awesome. But when you get to sit down and hang out with people face to face and say, hey man, you know, what's going on in your life? What are you working with? What are you struggling with? What are you doing? And to see such a group of motivated guys just hustling, grinding, working hard, you know, living the dream, it, it's so inspiring to be around and so awesome to interact with you guys. And I think we're going to start a precedent now where we're going to be doing these meetups every time we do a Nail the Mix. So if we're coming to a Nail the Mix city and you're in town and we're in your city, you should come out to a meetup because we'd love to hang out, maybe drink a beer. If you don't drink, that's fine. We can, you know, just hang out, chat shit, have a good time and uh, rock and roll. So man, I just want to say URM, Nashville, you guys were awesome. Billy Decker month was incredible. One of my favorites. Billy is one of the swellest, coolest dudes. And um, man, his drums are metal as hell and he mixes country hits. So I love it. It's, it's so cool, man. So came back from Nashville, just totally jacked, totally inspired totally ready to go. So I, I just can't wait to do more of these things. I think uh, this month we're in LA with a Bo Burchell. We're doing Seosin and next month, oh, I'm not going to give it away. But if you guys are subscribers, you know who we've got. We've got a really sick and really popular metal band on and a really badass mixer. So regardless, all right, let's dig into the stuff. One more thing I want to talk about real quick is that we finally have Unstoppable Recording Machine merchandise. So if you go to unstoppablemerch.com, you yourself can get a no small time t-shirt. And I'll tell you what, if you wear a no small time t-shirt to our URM meetup and I'm there, I'm going to give you something special. So don't be small time. Get the only shirt that tells the world that you're not small time. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm getting one myself, so we can we can be dorks together. So 
first and foremost, I want to start out today before I start answering questions. Boy, I, I just keep going, man. Like I got, I, I'm, I, it's just endless, right? You, you can't stop. So first and foremost, I want to talk about a little bit of a rant here because something happened to me a few days ago that really kind of like shook me. And, um, it made me think and reflect deep. And I've talked about this before because you guys know I'm kind of a health nut and, you know, I try to live a healthy lifestyle overall. And, you know, sometimes like now I don't get any sleep because I'm going on vacation, but, you know, I try to balance and I try to eat a really good diet and eat a lot of good variety of foods. And, you know, I don't do soda or anything like that. You know, I, I try to eat a large variety of healthy foods and, you know, stay away from stuff that's bad and live a reasonably healthy lifestyle, be active as much as possible, which is uh, pretty hard in this business. So something happened to me, somebody close to me, I'm not going to say who, because it doesn't matter here because we're talking, we're talking public and I, I don't like mixing private and public, but let's just say somebody I know really well. And, um, I definitely care a lot about, I, you know, they came down with uh, a type of cancer, right? So something, uh, again, it doesn't matter the type it, you know, I think everything's going to be fine with them and it's healable, but it, it really kind of like, I sat down and I thought about it and I thought about the person's age and health history and just, you know, genetics and all that. And I was just like, holy shit, you know, it, it really kind of hit home to me. And cause again, it's somebody I, I know really well and I definitely care about it. It was, uh, it was kind of a shock and it made me think about health and it made me think about the sedentary lifestyle that we live as audio people, people that are in the music, even if you're playing in a band, you know, sitting around on the tour bus all day, waiting for the show, you get your half hour or to two, you know, maybe two hours if you're in a huge band of exercise at night. And then the rest of the time you're standing there signing autographs or, you know, hanging out in the back, sitting in a chair. So all day we're sitting. The human body is not designed to sit which is very hard to do when you work in this industry, you know, especially if you're behind the glass, making records, living records, you know, working ridiculous hours. It's really hard, you know, going to the gym for a half hour or an hour a day does not offset the damage you're doing to your body, your skeletal structure, your muscle systems, you know, your posture, your entire health of your entire organism. So it's very important to space up your day and break it up and get out and do stuff that's good for you, that's healthy for you. Because, you know, lots of talk about health care and health insurance right now in the United States. And I don't want to, you know, I don't do politics, period. We're just, we're just not going to discuss it because it's <laughs> no matter what you say or believe, it doesn't matter. It, it's, it's bad for somebody and it's good for somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's, it's a no-go. We don't, we don't talk about it. But one thing I will say is that I think about health. And I think, okay, you know, I'm in my thirties and, you know, if I live a healthy lifestyle now, hopefully that will pay massive dividends when I'm 60 or 70 or 80, or, you know, if, if I get that old and I'll be really stoked that I did. And I'm, I'm lucky because I, my wife is somebody who that's a health nut and she knows more about it than most doctors I've ever met in my life. I mean, dead serious, you know, she doesn't have the MD, but all day long podcasts, books, just, she's just into it. It's her thing. And I've learned a lot from her and we've, we've read a lot of stuff and it's just been like a common shared interest. And I, we've, I feel like I've been living a pretty decently healthy lifestyle for many years, minus sitting in the damn office all day, grinding ridiculous hours, you know, running multiple businesses, being a crazy person, mixing songs, you know, just being ambitious. You know what I mean? Now the use stress part of that, I think is good because you're always jacked. You're doing what you love. You're always in a good mood. You're excited. But on the same side, you know, there's the whole sedentary thing, sedentary thing where you're sitting down all day in a chair and the body is not designed to do that. And there's nothing you can do to combat it other than try to be active multiple times during the day. So it's important to be cognizant of that because guys, time spent now investing in your health, meaning eating good quality foods. You know, for example, before I got on the show, I went and I grabbed a nice bottle of juice from the organic store that opened literally a block from my studio and a block from my house. It's like right in between. So it's like the perfect location. I totally lugged out. Um, you know, I went and got some stuff and every day, you know, I, I go now and try to get like a nice healthy lunch and breakfast and stuff like that. So it's important to eat really healthy and really good foods because you're going to have a lot more sustained energy. You're going to be able to act and perform at your peak, which is really important when you're doing a creative job because you need to be able to be creative at two in the morning, just as good as you are at 7am after you have a nice full night of sleep or as much as 2pm or any other time of the day. And if you can't have that energy and you're not eating good foods and not getting rest and 
not getting some exercise, you're not gonna have that energy, you're not gonna be jacked, you're not gonna be ready to go, you're not gonna be on, you know, you're not gonna be primed, you're not gonna be creative, you're not gonna be inspirational to be around. And who wants to be all those knots? You know, that that shit's small time. We're not interested in small time. The no small time attitude is we really wanna come in and we wanna kill it at everything we do. We wanna be always full of energy, always full of life, always performing at our peak, being the best that we can be, always pushing ourselves, getting that nice positive you stress going in our life, being really excited and passionate about what we're doing because the people that are working with us, our clients, they're gonna feel that energy, they're gonna feed off it, it's gonna come in, it's gonna be part of their performance, they're gonna get that vibe from you and they're gonna be like, I like being around that dude, that guy, he's got that spark, there's something about him and you know, they feed off that and you get that creativity and that, you know, that ebb and flow and that's so important when you're working with a client or you know, working in the studio or doing anything creative, having that vibe and that chemistry and you know, just being a positive, upbeat person is important. And the only way you can be that person is if you're feeding the machine necessary. You know, if you're not eating good foods and you're sitting around, you're not getting any sunlight and vitamin D and you're not doing any exercise, you're going to be sitting there depressed and you're going to be tired and melancholic and you're going to feel like crap. And you're going to, you're, you know, like you're going to be that dude, you know what I mean? You're going to be that person. And it's important to break those habits because you can control what you do every day. You know, you can decide to go out and exercise. You know, you can take the stairs instead of the elevator like all the lazy asses, you know. You can get up and you can go for a walk for five minutes no matter how busy you are because, hey, you know, if you're creative and you gotta sit in a chair for like 16 hours, it's gonna help anyways because think about it, right? So you're sitting there and you're, you're two or three hours in, you're a little burned, you're a little bit like really focused. You know, sometimes you get up, you go walk outside, get 10 minutes of air, power walk around this thing. You know, and again, when you're walking, you can make little healthy choices. So you can choose to walk a little bit faster, you know, to push yourself physically. You can choose to, uh, you know, when you're at the grocery store, hustle up and grab stuff and, you know, get, get through the checkout line instead of kind of loaf around and take your time. You know what I mean? And all that little bit of positive stress in your body, you know, that small amount synergistically builds up, I believe, over your entire life and will pay dividends when you are older. So I just want to say, guys, you know, that experience made me think about my own health and you know, the vulnerability of our bodies and the organism that we are, the human being, you know, that the flesh and blood that we are, you know, and it's just like, guys, we're fragile, you know, if you've ever taken like a combat or a fighting, you know, or anything like that, like MMA or Russian system or a Krav Maga or anything like that, like, you know how fragile the human body is. It's not hard to break people's joints if, you're, if you know what you're doing. It's not hard to use leverage and force. And um, it, it, it's really crazy how fragile and frail the human body is, no matter how strong, how big you are. So you need to protect your health. It's the most important thing. It does not matter how much success, how much money, how much anything you have in your life. If you are sick and you are really sick, you are sitting there and you feel like shit. There is nothing you want more than to get healthy. I'll equate it like this. Here's the analogy. We've all had a night. Well, maybe not all of us, but most of us, maybe like, like straight edge people, but most of us have had a night in our life where we've sat down and we have had too much to drink and you wake up, you puke all night long, you feel sick. And when you're sitting there on the toilet, you think of this podcast right now, the next time this happens, hopefully it doesn't, but you sit there and you think of this podcast in this moment right now. And I want you to think that, how are you feeling at that moment? You know, the last thing you want to do or you care about is how much money is in your bank account or what client you got or what mix you turned in or what mix off you won or, you know, what girl you met or, you know, whatever. Like you're focused on one thing. I feel like shit and I need to get better. I feel terrible. I just want to roll up in a ball and die. I just want the pain to end. So the human body is built to avoid pain and suffering. So you know what, guys? You got to like... You got to deal. So take care of yourself because if your health goes wrong, if you have a problem, you know, like I passed a kidney stone once. I remember sitting on that couch for two hours, like nonstop constant pain, just sitting like, you know, this really sucks. And at that moment right there, nothing else that you're doing in your life matters to you. You do not care about anything else other than getting better as fast as possible and making that pain end. So it's important to take care of yourself so you have less of those moments in your life you know, we're living that sedentary lifestyle. You got to get off your ass, get out of the studio, get some exercise every day, you know, 
push it a little bit, work a little bit harder, take the stairs instead of taking the elevator, you know, just little things like that, you know, hustle through the store a little bit faster, you know, run or jog instead of walk somewhere. You know what I mean? Like just, just find ways to push it and uh, get some, you know, get your cardio up and just get your overall physical conditioning. So I don't know, that's a long rant, but I felt like ranting. So I'm sorry, but it's my show so I can rant. Ha ha. All right. So let's start with the questions. And the first one here is a long one. Hey, Joel, I always see you referencing books and podcasts that are more in the nonfiction, business, and per- personal motivation types, a lot of which I've taken your advice, I've read or listened to. With that being said, do you ever just read books for pleasure, or is there anything <laughs> uh, besides the business mindset involved? Uh, the same goes with other aspects of your life, being a dad, uh, husband, I know you said you, uh, things about taking time to travel, but is there anything on a daily basis that you do? Um, also, when it comes to being creative, where do you find inspiration, movies, non-business books, long walks in Wisconsin? I don't know about long walks, but brisk walks. <laughs> um, with how busy you guys are and how disciplined it must be, uh, uh, this one must be to run a business. It doesn't have to leave. Okay. I see what he's trying to say. Okay. must be difficult to run a business because it doesn't leave much free time for anything else. Really love what you guys are doing. Long time nailed the next subscriber, learned so much. And thank you, Matthew. All right, Matthew. Well, I'll start off at the top here and we'll work down your questions. So first and foremost, do I ever read books for pleasure or is there always a business mindset involved? Well, I'm going to be honest. Um, what if I told you that I read only business books that have, you know, a mindset or a motive or a goal, but I find a lot of pleasure in doing it, which is pro- maybe sadistic, maybe weird, maybe it's like a mental disorder or something, but I love business. I, I love the excitement of it. I love the the hustle of it, the competition of it, the just the changing, the challenge. It's so exciting and so inspiring and um so I love reading about it and learning about it. Anytime I'm learning anything, I'm stoked. Like it just gets me totally jacked up. So I try to listen and read a lot of things that are positive, things that are going to get me fired up and things that are going to make me feel good because it's like getting that like mindset. You know, if I want to talk to guys that have that mindset, like I can't just go down the street and go to the bar or I can't like, you know, call up a friend or whatever. I have to call my business partners and I have to be like, yo, Joey, yo, y'all, what's up, man? And like, we just get fired up and we're just totally stoked, you know? So it's like, I don't have a lot of people that I can call and, and talk about things that I'm really passionate and interested in. So it's nice to have some really good friends like those guys that not only do I work with every day, but you know, that's it. So I will say, um, the stuff I read is usually has an objective and a goal, but I love reading it and it's fascinating to me. So it's for pleasure. And I've been trying to explain this to my wife. She's like, why don't you read something practical? Or why don't you read something that's like, you know, a story or something? And I'm just like, well, I could, but I have so much to learn and so many things I don't know. And I'm, I need to know about this. And this is so interesting to me. And this is interesting. So, you know, I try, I try to read things that help me grow because like I said, when I, when I'm growing, I'm getting pleasure out of it, if that makes sense. So hopefully that, hopefully that helps. I know some things aren't that interesting, but when, when it comes down to survival, like, Hey, I got to understand my tax situation because I'm getting crushed on taxes, you know, better, you know, then all of a sudden you find this amazing motivation to get really into like tax law. <laughs> when you never knew you had. So you'd, you'd be shocked. So, you know, necessity sometimes creates excitement and motivation and pleasure. Okay. So let's think next question part here. He says, Matthew says, um, the same goes for the other aspects of your life, being a dad and a husband. Okay. Like what kind of things do I do on a daily basis, you know, to, um, to, to do that? Okay. So I think what he means is, okay. So a big thing for me with having a family or, you know, any type of significant other. So if you guys have like a girlfriend or if you're a female, if you have a boyfriend or, you know, like whatever, whatever's going on in your life, um, you got to take some time when you're with those people to be with them. And I know it's hard, like, you know, your phone is so turn it off. And I've said this many times before, And I violate this all the time, but it's always on the weekends where I'm sitting down and I'm chilling and I turn my phone off and I don't look at it until Sunday night that I I get true relaxation. I feel great. You know, go do something like yard work or, you know, spend time with your kids, like whatever gets you stokes, friends, you know, just like go do something with people that isn't work, that isn't studio, that isn't recording and get out and just like experience life, like real life, not like life in the studio, (laughs) you know, what a concept, right? Um, 
So I think that when you're doing that sort of thing, like family or whatever, you know, you have to dedicate your full mindset to doing it and you have to just totally block out all distractions. You know, if you're with your kids, be with your kids. If you're with your business partners, be doing business, you know? So you gotta balance. It's really hard, but you definitely have to balance. And I think it's important just as much as to take initiative in business and to take initiative in your career and things like that and your own learning and personal growth as it is to take initiative in your relationships and, you know, try to improve them and make them better. And um, I think that's out of all the things I do and all the in my life, I think this is the thing I struggle with the most. I definitely um, you know, when you're a parent, you try to be the best parent that you can be. But no matter how hard you try, you know, you're, you're going to have sometimes you try one tactic and it doesn't work. And then the next day it works and the kids are really sassy one day. Then they're really, you know, it's just like, it's, it's all over the place and it's, it's an emotional roller coaster. So just, you got to enjoy the process. I think that's the most important thing, Matthew. I think if you sit down and just take it day by day and really take the time to like, just soak it in and enjoy it while you're doing that. Like, so if you're sitting down on a hill and it's your day off and it's a beautiful day outside and the air is fresh and you're in a great location, sit down and take a couple of deep breaths, you know, and smell the air and look at the sky and enjoy it and take it all in. And don't just be like, all right, where am I going in 10 minutes? I got to go to this. I got to go to that. So learn to slow down. And it's really hard, especially in this lifestyle where everything's a status update or a, you know, a social media thing, or you know what I mean? Like it's a nonstop barrage of sensory input it's more important than ever to sit down and find that space where you can just like turn all that crap off and just be like, this is what's happening now. Right now I'm podcasting, so I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm living in the moment right now. But as soon as I lay down and I'm, go home, I'm going to sit down, lay down in bed, and I'm going to really enjoy <laughs> laying down and enjoy the feeling of relaxing and sleep. You know, like you got to you got to make a conscious effort to really just not go through the motions in life, but sit down and be cognizant and realize what you're doing and why you're doing it. So balance, man, you just got to balance it out. Hard to do, easy to understand one of those things. All right. So the next part of the question is, okay, also when it comes to being creative, where do you find inspiration, movies, non-business books, long walks, uh, et cetera. So I get inspiration from, I don't know, this is a kind of a weird topic because I feel like I'm a naturally inspired person. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it comes from. I mean, I think I know, but I'm not fully sure because I don't know, I'm not a psychologist, but I, I just am excited. Like, I can't explain it. Like, I love what I'm doing. It's it's actualizing. It's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know. It's like I'm living at the top of my pyramid every day, and I'm enjoying it. So I, I just get inspired because I'm doing something that I love, and it's on a larger scale than when I was just making records. And, you know, I'm still making records and mixing stuff and things like that, but um, doing all this stuff for doing it on Unstoppable Recording Machine and Drum Forge, it's really cool. You know, like when, when a friend of mine that I really respect and that I've looked up to for many years hits me up and sends me an email randomly and says, dude, I really love me th- this plugin that you sent over. It's really awesome. Like, and I didn't ask him to do his opinion. He just, he just let me know because it's really helping him make better music. And like, that's amazing. Or going to a meetup and, and seeing all you guys at URM and like just hanging out and seeing what's going on in your lives and seeing how hard you're working and seeing how you're getting through problems and struggles and achieving things and having your victories and setbacks. And I don't know, it's just, it's just cool to see things happening, if that makes sense. So I get my inspiration just from, from life, like every day, you know, just, just, just do be live everything to the fullest. And if you feel down, you feel weird, find something that gets you jacked. Okay. So what are things that get me jacked? Well, I love podcasts again, reading motivational stuff or inspirational stuff, uh, books, things like that. So I love just surrounding myself with some sort of positivity, but, um, I also like to, when I chill, do things like I love to watch movies. So I like to go places like uh, museums and art galleries. So places like art, art is cool and beautiful. And I like the colors and I like, you know, all the, the interior design aspects of it and like how it, you know, plays with the eye or, you know, if I go to the museum, you know, I love like history and, you know, you think about things like, oh, you know, like what was it like when dinosaurs or the Roman empire or ancient Egypt or, uh, you know, the Persian empire battle tactics or, you know, whatever, like that stuff is really fascinating 
fascinating to me and I love history and I think it's so cool. So I love going to places that like inspire a sense of wonder and connection with humanity. You know, it's cool to know that, you know, we have this little short lifespan, but so much has happened before us and so much will happen after we're gone and just to be part of that continuum. So um, do things that give you a sense of wonder and imagination and inspire you. You know, that that's a great place to find inspiration. And that could be anything. I mean, hell, even reading like a National Geographic magazine about, uh, you know, ancient uh, Babylon gets me totally stoked and jacked. And I'm like, man, I want to go do archaeology. So maybe someday I'll, I'll go and take a week off and go like help out on a dig or something. You know, like just find something that gets you excited. And, and do more of it. <laughs> if you're doing a lot of things that get you excited, you're just going to be jacked all the time. And it's, it's, it's like I said, that positivity, it just rubs off on people because, you know, everything is so negative. You turn on the damn TV, it's just straight negativity and bullshit. You open up your feed, everybody's so negative all the time. And it's just like, somebody's got to be positive. So why can't that person be you? Why can't that person be me? You know, there's no reason like it, we need more positivity in the world and the world is a very negative place. And it's, it's easy to get upset about a lot of things that happen in the world, but you know what? You can't control everything, but you can control how you feel about it or how you interact with it. And you can, you can control that at least to some degree. So Focus on that. Focus on uh, doing what you can do. And I think that uh, you'll, you'll feel pretty good doing it. All right. Next question. Corey is asking, how do you deal with vocal tuning art artifacts when they arrive already edited? For example, on a track I'm mixing this month, I feel like I'm hearing some tuning artifacts throughout the vocal track, so there's no chance to re-edit. How, how you could handle this uh, so it doesn't distract the listener? Well, Corey, that is quite the problem. If you can't retune something and you can't go to the tracking engineer and say, hey, dude, you screwed this up. Or sometimes the tracking engineer will get back to you and he'll be like, dude, no, 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 no. If you heard the singer sing, you'd understand. So just this is the best it's going to be. So there's a couple of things you can do. Um, if there's a lot of artifacts and stuff like that, uh, sometimes depending on the syllable length of the part, you may be able to like stretch it or cut out little, you know, things. If you watch Joey's fast track for your URM enhanced guys on guitar editing, um, you'll see how you can like elongate things. And the same things work for vocals. You can like elongate certain syllables and words and sounds that come out of a singer's mouth. So sometimes you can replace that stuff. And sometimes you cannot. You got to be careful. It's hard. It's difficult. Yeah, I know. I get it. Um, another thing you have to realize is loud and proud. Like you, you and I might hear auto tune because we're trained professional. I'll tell you like my mom, when she listens to a pop song and I'm just like auto tune, she's just like, Oh, I love this song. Oh, that voice is great. This is such a great melody. I can't get that song out of my head. I love these lyrics. This is a great song. But, you know, and she doesn't care if there's autotune. Either she likes the song or she doesn't. So most people don't care. You got to understand that's a really important distinction. We care because we're trained to care. We're told we need to care. It's cool to care and be like, oh, autotune, blah, blah, blah. But reality of the situation is, Corey, dude, seriously, no one cares. I mean, we care, but how many of there are how many of the people in the world are there that are like us versus the people that listen to the actual music? We're, we're not, we're a majority so small in statistics, they would call it statistic uh, insignificance because we're too many standard deviations away from the mean to even matter. <laughs> so we're, we're like the fringe outlier. I mean, it, it, it's just like laughable how, how many audio engineers there are versus listeners. So you got to understand that you can just do go loud and proud, and uh, sometimes you can hide it with like a little bit of effects or something like that. You know, you can always do like a throw or a, you know, uh, you know, bring up the delay or the reverb or something, or you know, bring up a harmony or whatever. Like a lot of harmonies can really duck bad singing. Um, I was mixing a pop song recently that had it was not tuned very well, and the singer was very shaky on the pitch. And you know, thank, thank thankfully there were like. 20 tracks of vocals. So I was just like, uh, when you put it all together, you can't hear that every single one of them is terrible, but as a whole, they sound great. So, you know, just try using some strategies like that. But at the end of the day, dude, just don't beat yourself up because you didn't tune it. You're just mixing it. And most people do not care. All right. Next question. Dear dark Lord of no small time. There aren't enough hours in the day to get all the things I want to do, I want to get done. So help. How can I be more efficient? Steve. All right, Steve. I got a couple thoughts on this. First and foremost, actually, what's funny is you mentioned this because ironically, I was on the phone last night talking to Joey about this for a while. We were kind of laughing because our lives are very similar and very weird compared to how most normal people live their lives. Um, 
a lot of people, you know, they get off at five or six o'clock, they come home from work and, you know, they have free time and they just do whatever they do. They go to bed, they, they call it to work, they put in their hours, they're off on the weekends. As for us, every single minute of our lives is calculated, mine especially because I have kids. But um, so I wake up at a certain time every day, no matter how late I'm up or how tired I am or what I wanna do or how I feel about it. I get up at a certain time, I go through the routine, I get them to daycare as fast as I can. I get my butt over the studio. I optimize all my time as much as I can there, you know, and when I'm going to feel non-productive, I'll go do something like get some air or, you know, go to lunch or something and, you know, get out until I get that inspiration back and I'm effective. Go home, pick them up, you know, do that stuff and then either go to sleep or go back to work and grind it out. But more importantly, I take every single opportunity that I have to sit down and optimize whatever I'm doing. Now, don't get this wrong because there's gonna be that guy out in the crowd, he's gonna be like, oh, well, you gotta learn to slow down, man. You gotta learn to relax. Like, yeah, okay, I'm talking about optimizing relaxation too. Get it, right? So not only am I optimizing like everything I'm doing from like a business point of view or like, okay, so I'm gonna go to the store, I've got 10 minutes down, you know, I'm gonna power through this so I can get the health boost, you know, of, of moving fast and getting the hustle on. But not only that, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna throw on the podcast and listen to something really inspirational. So I'm gonna learn something. I'm gonna get all stoked and jacked about that. And um, you know, I'm just gonna be totally in the zone and I'm gonna get my shopping done. I'm gonna go back and then I'm like, all right, tonight I'm gonna watch a movie. <laughs> so I'll sit down and I'll figure it out and I'll optimize it. So if I'm gonna relax, I'm gonna relax and I'm gonna relax with the most passionate um, enjoyment of that moment possible if I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a bunch of stuff done when I'm shopping, you know, then I'm going to get a bunch of stuff done. So you have to be really, you have to audit your life, I guess is what I'm saying. Look at places you can have opportunities. You're going to sit down and be like, all right, I got this much time right here. You know, I could be doing this. You know, I got a 30 minute commute every day. So I'm wasting 60 minutes in the car there and back. So what am I going to do? You know, I'm going to want to learn something. Am I going to get on the phone and do business deals and have all my meetings and conference calls when I'm driving? You know, how can I make my day more efficient so I can get more stuff done more efficiently and be most importantly, more effective at doing it? Because you can work a lot of hours in a day, but I'll tell you guys, the amount of hours that you work is not important. It's what you do with those hours while you're working. You could work two hours in a day and be more productive than somebody that works 16. It's easy. You just got to be really focused. So, you know, it's all about effectiveness. If you're really efficient at being effective, you're a beast. You're killing it. If you're really efficient, you can be really efficient at something that isn't effective and you're effectively, play on words, right? wasting a ton of time. So think about that. I mean, it's it's a really, really important distinction. So I would say you want to try to look at your day, Steve, and you want to optimize every minute of it to be moving towards some kind of goal. Like I said, that goal could be relaxation. That goal could be spend time with family or a significant other. That goal could be like, all right, I'm going to learn. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to you know, go do this or that. So find the time. You know, If you got time to sleep, you, you know, you're not working hard enough. No, I'm just kidding. You need to sleep. It's, we're going back to health. One of the most important things. But seriously, like, there's no reason you can't sit down and, like, you know, use the bathroom and be, you know, taking a shower. And while you're doing that, sit down and think about, like, okay, here's my day plan. Here's how I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this, 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 this done. Boom, you're out of the shower. You're going through this stuff all mentally. You get in the office and you just start checking things off your list right away. You come in, you're fired up and ready to go instead of sitting there and be like, oh, it's a bar of soap. I'm going to wash my arms now. I'm going to wash my ass. All right. That was fun. Ooh, man, I'm tired today. I'm going to drink coffee. See, you're wasting all that time right there. You could be doing something with your brain. You know, even if you're sitting there just meditating, like that's doing something productive. I'm going to relax. I'm not going to think of anything. I'm just going to concentrate on my breathing. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to enjoy it, live in the moment. You know what I mean? So just think about what you're doing, what you're trying to do, and what you want to get out of it and break it down. So I don't know, maybe it's not for everybody that's pretty machine-like, but Joey and I are like weird dudes and we're kind of freaks of nature like that. Like we, we calculate every minute of what we do because it's, I don't know, we're weird. So <laughs> don't, be, don't be weird like us. All right, next question. Dear Joel, I'm almost 27 years old. I've been playing guitar since I was 14 and I was in a band since high school. By rural, rural high school standards, our band was fairly successful. However, Somehow, it was wired into my brain that music is not something that you can do for a living. You have to go to college and get a job. 
Though college uh, was always stuck in the back of my mind, and it wasn't until recently that I realized that if I didn't at least try, I'm going to be I'm going to be really deeply regretting it. To make a long story short, short, I uh, recently have become obsessed with music production. It's the only thing I truly get excited about. However, coming to this realization, which has caused me a lot of anxiety because I feel like I'm ten years behind where I should be, and it causes me uh, to obsess even more because I feel like I have to make up for lost time. I'm a couple years away from my 30s with a full-time job. Getting good at seems daunting, to say the least. All right, Ryan, here's a deal, my man. Anybody who says you can't do this for a living is full of shit because if I can do it, and I'm a guy who came up from cornfields. Okay, literally, I had no mentors. I came from Hubertus, Wisconsin was my first studio. Look that one up on a map. And if, if you can find a, a city anywhere near it, I'll be impressed. So I made, I, I built and broke a career from a basement literally surrounded by cornfields in the middle of fucking nowhere, excuse my language, Wisconsin. And I'll tell you that if I can do that there, you can do it too, okay? Because- your path may be different than mine. There's a lot of ways to make money and make a really good solid living doing music, whether it's recording, even playing in a band. You have to be smart. I mean, guys, there are people on YouTube that make great livings. There are people that run businesses, there are people that make software. There's people that, you know, play in a band. There's people that record and produce. There's people that just master. There's people that press discs. There's people that do PR. There's people that manage bands. Like, there's a huge industry of people that make a living and a really good one doing this stuff. So anybody who says you can't obviously is hung out with my mom. <laughs> they must be really good friends because um, I don't know. It just don't let the skeptic get you down. You know, you got to be your own cheerleader. And I'm here to tell you from personal experience because I did it when no one said that I could and it was impossible and I need to do this. I need to move to L.A. or Nashville. I need to blah, 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 do X, Y, Z, get a real job, blah, 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 blah. You know what? They were all wrong and I proved every single one of them wrong and I enjoy every second of it. So you can too and you will if you really want to do this, period. And I mean, you have to really want to do it. So Ryan, I'm going to tell you, um, when it comes to lost time, don't feel bad. I didn't really start getting serious about producing and mixing and stuff until I was maybe like, I want to say around 27 years old. Okay. So I was already kind of like recording and, you know, I quit my job and all that stuff, but it wasn't until probably like I was about 27 years old that I kind of, maybe 28, that I got out of my band and I said, okay, all I'm going to do is this. So if I started like getting serious about it at 28 and made an awesome career and I was able to finance three kids, daycare, which in America, for those of you who are foreign, costs like 30 grand a year plus all the extra taxes you have to pay when you own a business. It's expensive as hell. And um, I was able to finance all that by a ton of gear, like a Shadow Hills mashing compressor and a massive passive and, you know, six figures worth of equipment. And I was able to do that just recording local bands out of a basement in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by cornfields, I can, you can make a comfortable living and buy a house and all that shit and do well. If I can do it, you can do it. And not only me, but the guy across the hall, Eric did it. You know, Eric records still only local bands and things like that. And dude, he's, he's making a great living. So not only does he LeBron City, he makes a nice paycheck too doing it. So you know what I'm saying? Like, Guys, it's doable. I know so many dudes that are doing this stuff for a living in different ways, capacities, and yeah, some of them are making more money or whatever, but as long as you're making enough to live and more importantly, you're doing something you love, that's it. So yeah, you know, I, I know the feeling of feeling like you're a little bit behind and you know, you got to catch up and it, it puts a lot of anxiety and pressure, but you know what? It's good because that's you stress, you know, that's turn that anxiety into something positive, you know, let it, you stay up for an extra 30 minutes or get up an extra half hour, an hour earlier and study harder or mix more. You know what I mean? Like you can do it, man. It, it's out there. I'm telling you, you can do it. It's never too late. You know, I mean, it also depends what your end goal is too, because I feel like some people are like, well, if I'm not working on really huge, majorly famous bands, I'm not successful. Well, that's also a load of horseshit. You know, success is really what you define it. And, um, you know, as much as I like to say no small time, it's not about the level of achievement. It's about doing stuff that makes you happy, that, that is fulfilling to you, that you're saying, hey, you know, I'm successful. I'll give you an example. My wife said to me once she considers herself very successful and I asked why. I mean, I agreed with her, obviously, but I asked why. And she said, well, you know, I've got a job, I'm married, and I'm not divorced. I've got 
you know, a, a few kids, like I've done really well. I'm proud, you know, she, she was really proud of herself, what she had accomplished. And, um, you know, to her, that was her definition of success. And, you know, I think that's great. So, you know, it doesn't matter how famous you get as a producer or how big or what bands you work on or how famous they are, or how big the paycheck is or isn't, or, you know, the question is, are you doing it on your terms? Cause like, let's take your worst case scenario. Okay. So say you have a full-time job. I'm sure you're not working seven days a week. So, you know, you're probably putting in 40 hours a week. If you could keep your full-time job and all that, and then maybe 10 hours a week, you know, do recording and record bands or whatever and make a bunch of extra money. It's like you could probably make an extra 10 to 30 grand a year easily on the side doing that, which in um, a corporate job, that's like a major freaking raise. You know, like you just jump to an NBA. You know what I mean? Like you don't just get raises like that. You know, that's like, hey, I got a job and now I'm like, I'm the supervisor before I was the clerk and now I'm the, the district manager. Like that's a massive jump in responsibility. So, you know, in two or three years of working hard and going out and getting clients, you could build a little side business. If you're working 10 an extra 10 hours a week, dude, you could turn that into a lot of extra money. If that is your worst case scenario, even if you hate your job, that is not a terrible life, okay? Because you're getting to do at least some of what you want on your terms. You get to buy a bunch of cool gear, get the tax advantages, write it off, you know, Yada, 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 all the good stuff and all the benefits. So it's okay if that's your worst case scenario. That is not the worst thing to be in. You know, the worst thing to be in is like living in a cardboard box in a third world country with no running water and like rampant disease and, you know, like war and stuff like that. But you, um, if you're writing this to me right now, are not living that reality, it sounds like. So that is not the worst possible scenario. That's that's winning for a lot of people. So take it with grace and that's your starting point. So if that's your starting point, you can only look upward from that. So, you know, just enjoy it for what it is. It's, I think that's what I think. Just enjoy it for what it is, you know, see how far you can take it and enjoy it, you know, because sometimes I'll say that when you get what you want, sometimes it's not really what you want. Like forever, I'm like, I want to work on sign bands. And I started working with sign bands and I'm like, you know, the paycheck's a lot bigger, but it's harder to collect on. And it comes with a lot more stress and a lot more up and down. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's really stressful and it's really difficult. So, you know what I mean? Like there's a balance. I mean, when I was just doing local bands, hey man, they always paid on time. We had a lot of fun. Not all of them cared, which frustrated me. But at the same time, I learned to love it and have fun with them and realize that like, hey, these guys don't want to be big or whatever. They just want to come in and play music on the weekends and have fun and record some songs and have a good time. So I'm going to hang out with some dudes, make some music and have a great time doing it. And you know, that's awesome. That's It's so much fun and it's super rewarding. And hey, you're also getting paid to do it. So you know, it's like going to the bar with some buddies and talking about music and getting paid for it. Like, how the hell can you complain? So, Ryan, don't stress yourself out, man. No need for anxiety. You want to turn that into you stress, turn it into something positive. I feel like your future and your outlook is pretty damn good. You're you're not late. You're you're just starting. Life is young. You know, you're young. Life is just beginning. So be stoked, be optimistic. You know, everything is gonna be awesome. All right, next question. Hey, Joel, Tom here. Love everything you guys are doing. My question, I find myself going through a lot of information because I'm in love with this stuff. I consider myself a beginner, although I've been watching, recording, and mixing stuff for years. Now, the problem is that whenever I start going through tutorials, I just seem to be going forever, and the more I watch and start going through new titles randomly. I'm an enhanced member. I have subscriptions to Group 3 Mac Pro Video to learn about Logic, and I don't get much work done. I feel like I need to watch and learn more, but I'm, uh, you know, I also need to start mixing more. How can I balance learning versus practicing? Do you incorporate daily schedules? All right, Tom. So here's what my thoughts. I learned most of the stuff that I learned by doing it, okay? We didn't have things like Nail the Mix or URM Enhanced or any of this other cool stuff that's out there. We didn't have any of it. So I think it's most important maybe to do like either a 70-30 or a 60-40 ratio or maybe 80-20, whatever, but spend, if you have eight hours, spend six of them working or, you know, five to six working and, you know, two or three to learning, you know what I mean? Or work eight, 
find, make time to learn for an hour or two hours a day. You don't want to get overwhelmed and saturated. You know, all that information is going to go up. You got to review it sometimes. You got to let some of it sink in and watch it a couple of times. It's like when I go through a bunch of power podcasts, when I'm powering through them, when I'm listening and shopping and things like that, what helps me is if I hear something really good, I'm like, man, that was a great podcast. I'll listen to it like two or three times over a couple of days because then it gets stuck in my long-term memory. And the key to getting something into long-term memory is you have to do it every day for like four days approximately. So I hear and read. And from experience, I also agree with. So just do something kind of like every day and review some information. So I understand the feeling like you got to know everything you do. There's so much information, but regardless of whether you're practicing versus learning, the more importantly is time you are growing. So everything you do, you're getting better. And that's the critical key component to all this. You got to get some hands-on time, but you also got to get some theoretical time. You just want to balance it. So at worst case scenario, I would split it half and half, but I feel like it's better to be doing and learning slightly less, if that makes sense. So, because again, you know, it's not how much you're watching and learning. It's more important to take the, sit down and learn a concept and go through it a few times and really absorb it than put it into practice. Like I would go, when I used to work at a bank and I would read gear sluts, I'd read about something cool. After sifting through it for eight hours, I'd write down like three or four things and go home and I'd try them. And some of them, I was like, this is really cool. Some of them were like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would you do that? So, you know what I mean? Like you just... You got to go through and you got to have those moments because you may, for example, watch a mixed rescue and see how I approach a snare drum and say, dude, that doesn't work for me. Like, I don't get it. This, this dude's crazy. Like, this is the dumbest way to approach a snare drum. You should do it like this. So there's no right way. What's important is you are developing your own style, your own method of solving problems. You know, that's the thing. I always say this. We're not teaching presets. We're teaching concepts and most importantly, problem solving. This is about getting better at solving problems because if you can mix slay one mix that doesn't mean you can slay 30 more you know because 30 more mixes are 30 more problems um and each song has its own set of challenges so it's very important to sit down and take each song and look at it and say okay i gotta solve x y and z now i gotta do abc in this song so you know, you, it's not one size fits all, and it takes time to uh, to develop. Like if you've seen uh, uh, Billy Decker's Nail the Mix, you know, to get to a level where you can have a template that it can take that level of stuff thrown at it and still stand up and be robust is pretty damn impressive. It takes many, many years of refining to get something that works 80% of the time. So um, you got to practice as well as learn. So I definitely would weigh... Uh, a little bit more of the actual practice as opposed to learning. So it's important to do both, man. Just keep absorbing it. You're going to get it. Don't stress out. Okay, next question. Dear Dark Lord of No Small Time and Epic Rants, I've been listening to the podcast for a little bit now and I've become a big fan. Thanks for sharing your knowledge with us. No, thank you so much for listening, Jack. You are awesome. And I appreciate every single one of you guys and gals that are listening to the podcast. I like you guys and girls. You're all awesome. Thank you so much. Love being here and doing what we're doing. And, you know, the fact that you're all getting something out of this is, it's pretty cool. Like we really, um, we really appreciate that you listen to us idiots talk. <laughs> so Jack is asking, I've been producing metal for a while and I feel like my biggest weakness is six to 800 on rhythm guitars. Man, that's a really hard spot to get right. That I'm just going to go off the record and say that here for a second. But um, I aim for clarity in my technical rhythm guitar tracks because I feel like um, if I EQ the boxiness out of 6 to 800, I lose a lot of clarity and it becomes primarily 2K and a lot of 120. I've tried using different tones and I'm just not feeling it on any tone. So my question, how do you go about achieving a clear metal rhythm guitar sound that also has a huge and unboxy when you make those mid-range cuts? And what do you do um, to, to listen to determine how much gain to slice? Jack. Okay. This is, when it comes to guitar, is not only a question, but one of the questions you have to solve. And it's very hard to talk about it on a podcast and give you the best advice. It's much easier to show you. But regardless, the format right now is audio and it's a podcast. So I would say... Um, a good rule of thumb when you're pulling out any range on guitars, any type of boxiness or honkiness or whatever, like 500, 800, 1K, make the cut if you feel it needs the cut. And then when you feel like you've gone too far, back up a bit. And then right at that spot, if you're finding yourself overdoing it, because again, it could be your listening environment too, 
back up a little bit more to where it starts sounding a little bit uncomfortable again. But when you unbypass, or sorry, when you unbypass, you know, if you bypass that EQ point, what's going to happen is it's going to hit you and you're going to be like, dude, it sounds way wrong. And you're going to put the EQ back in and you're going to be like, oh, that sounds a lot better. And then your ear will automatically be adapted to the new change in the mid range. So just undercompensate a little bit if that helps with EQing. So Get it down to where you're like, that sounds great, but now I feel like I'm suffering in these other areas. And then bring it back just a little bit till it starts getting uncomfortable. Bypass it, unbypass it, and then just move on. And you can always go back and adjust those cuts. You know, if you get into it later and you're like, hey, you know, I, I feel like um, I, I've tightened up the guitar, but I, I just pulled too much out. So then, you know, go back to that guitar and, uh, just, you know, minus 0.5 dB or, you know, reduce the gain by a dB or something like that. You know, just just ease up on it a little bit on the mix when you're listening to it. And if it helps add more clarity and more glue and gel, keep it. If it doesn't, well, you know, maybe it's not that area. Maybe you have to look somewhere else. So I can see what you mean about 2K. Guitars are pain in the ass because basically like everything from 120 to, uh, well, you filter everything sometimes like 80 to 120 and then you have like that whole like 120 to like 4,000 area that's just like gone. <laughs> and then you got like the really high stuff you filter out and what's left, nothing. So it's it's really frustrating. Like every frequency in guitar kind of sucks. And it, So maybe I would say also if you're struggling in that range, maybe try bumping it up. Like maybe if your Q is at say 700, or sorry, your, your frequency, move the band up to like 800 or 900 and do the cut there and see if it cleans up some of the mid-range because maybe you're hearing 1K. Like I said, it could be monitoring or just training your ear. Uh, try moving it up to a little bit of a higher frequency, doing the same cut that you did there. And again, just bypass it and then put it back in so your ear is like, ah, okay, and see how that feels in the mix. So you got to experiment with it. You know, there's no precise method to say, cut this much out here, do this, slide this. You know what I mean? It's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of frustration. All I'm going to say to you, Jack, is this. Do you think for one second, the dudes that are the best in the world at this stuff, that rip the sickest, most metal, awesome guitar tones have done anything less than developed or spent years and I mean years of long work, study, and effort trying to achieve amazing tones. Like They train that stuff for one, two, who knows, maybe even three decades. You know, it just depends on the person. So it's not, they didn't get there by accident is what I'm saying. They got there through hard work. So it's frustrating, but if it's frustrating you, dude, and you're working at it, you're progressing. And if you're progressing, you are improving. And that is the most important thing because over time that aggregated out, you are going to get better and you are definitely growing. It may not feel like it. You may feel frustrated, dude. Just keep going and keep banging it out. That is the key in my opinion. So I think it's time to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for hanging out and listening. If you want to submit questions to a future episode of Dear Joel, it is joel at urm.academy. That's joel at urm.academy. I am Joel Wanasek. You are listening to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Head over to unstoppablemerch.com and get some really hot, no small time stuff. But aside from that, podcast theme... Go. The Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast is brought to you by Balaguer Guitars. Founded in 2014, Balaguer Guitars strives to bring modern aesthetics and options to vintage-inspired designs. Go to balaguerguitars.com for more info. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Fishman, inspired performance technology. Fishman is dedicated to helping musicians of all styles achieve the truest sound possible wherever and whenever they plug in. Go to fishman.com for more info. To ask us questions, make suggestions, and interact, visit nailthemix.com slash podcast and subscribe today.